Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you paid a fair price of admission to this show. However, prepare to only use the front third of your seat. Tonight, I have a guest whose experience rivals any other we've had on the show, and his accomplishment reached both far and wide across the southeast. A man so mean he makes medicine sick. Last night, he murdered a rock, injured a stone, and hospitalized a brick. And if that wasn't enough, before he went to bed, he handcuffed lightning and threw thunder in jail. I give to you the one... The only Chase Iceman Prince! <laughs> Woo, man, that was an awesome introduction. <laughs> Don't know if I'm worthy of that, but I'll take it. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the show. Please excuse the shenanigans. This is uh, completely unplanned. In fact, Chase had no idea that I had such an elaborate intro set up for him. However, his accomplishments lately have deserved such applause, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for tuning in to Chase and Tales. I'm your host, Walt, and we just like to have fun around here. In case you haven't already noticed, we have a good old time sharing stories, sharing experiences, and we hope that that energizes you and gets you outside as well. And I am joined, as always, by my famous co-host, Chase, from the other far, far side of the state, Buddy. How are you? Oh man, I am still on cloud nine from <laughs> from the intro the, or from what you've been doing here lately. From both, man. <laughs> from both. <laughs> I just my only hope is that I didn't max out the mic when I did that. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't either. You can fix that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> a little bit of editing. No, nah, man, I'm great. I'm great, man. I'm still uh, I'm still actually in a little bit of uh, disbelief, but. Uh, that's good. That's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be pinching myself if I was you based on uh, how the first two weeks of your season, well, at, for what we're going to be discussing, the first 12 days of your season uh, had gone. It, it, it's an incredible thing, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. But what have you been doing after the events we're going to discuss tonight? Have you been scouting? or what, what's What's new in your world? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of scouting. I, I hunted once, uh, one morning. I was kind of, I say unproductive. I saw some does, but I, I, I heard a buck fight, and then I heard some grunting. I just couldn't uh, see where it was coming from that morning. 
and then I haven't gotten back out since. Um, I'm hoping to get out uh, tomorrow morning uh, if the, the conditions are right for me to get out there. And then other than that, I've been working on uh, the usual stuff, going to work and doing some of the schoolwork because I'm still trying to finish up that uh, degree that I'm trying to get. So staying busy. Good, man. Staying busy. What about you? Have you been out? Uh, Dude, uh, I, I have been out pounding the ground, scouting, getting ready for this upcoming season. I got my bow. I finally confirmed at long ranges that my bow was doing what it was supposed to. So that kind of – that made me feel a little bit better. I'm, I'm good out to, to about 50 yards again this year like I was last year. And uh, last night I met up with a fellow, fine fellow by the name of Robert, and we went and scouted a piece of public I have never been to before. And he was kind enough to help get me lost <laughs> in a, <laughs> about a mile deep in a, in a, a block of, of swamp. But, uh, no, dude, in all seriousness, it was a good time. Um I think that if I'm willing to to make the walk and the hustle to get back in there, there's going to be the potential for some good deer. And uh, I think people, you know, we'll, we'll see. We found some interesting things back then there, and if I can get lucky enough to get on them, uh, this, this could be a heck of a season. Um, so I, I'm excited. There's also like a little bit of a cool front coming. I don't know if you saw that, highs in the 80s, lows in the <laughs> mid-60s. I mean, that's uh, break out the bibs, man. Yeah, that is a cool front for Florida, it's definitely at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah, for Any sure. Any little subtle change, I'll take it. That, that first week was awesome. I mean, we were going out, and it was like 63, 64 degrees in the morning. Some people might laugh at that, but down here, that's a cold front this time of the year. Absolutely. Um, and, then, and then it heated back up, even on that, that uh, public land hunt I was just on. It was 79 degrees that morning when I stepped out of the truck. So I, I'm looking forward to maybe a little bit of bit cooler weather. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I I, uh, I think there's some good things coming, man. Your ruts. Can, you sent me a photo of a buck today all, all swollen in the neck and ready to go, dude. A young deer, but, I mean, it's clear the rut is, is booming over there. Yeah, it's, it's fixing to get kicked off good. I think uh, – I mean, I've been seeing, I just saw, I went out today, like I said, and I saw a bunch of fresh grapes that just opened up. So they're, they're getting geared up. They're, they're getting them necks ready for some battles and everything else that the rut brings. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really seen uh, a, a ton of chasing or anything like that, but just, just a little bit here and there. So like, like I said on another podcast, it, it's gearing up right now. Uh, it kind of kind of gets good here in the middle of October and then hold on till uh, that first week of November because that's when uh, the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be lit, fam. <laughs> yeah, I will be taking days off during that time. Yeah, I feel to, a cold coming out on personally. I don't know. I hope I can it. shake it this year. <laughs> well, so without further delay, let's let's get some things out of the way and then let's get into this story because this is a podcast that I've been looking forward to, uh, heck, for about a week now, right? I mean, we the, the yeah, events pretty we're close gonna, since yeah last Friday. There you go. So I, I uh, God, was it only Friday? It feels like it was like weeks ago. Yeah, it does seem like it's been a yeah. little bit for sure. But you're right; it was Friday because yep, it had to have been. But uh, yeah, so for the last like five days, evidently, <laughs> I've been really excited to tell this story and we had a cancellation. And so now we get to tell this story a little earlier and I'm excited about that. But before we do, we got to 
thank the people that make this possible. First and foremost, that is Tethered. You guys know if you've been listening for any duration that we are both avid saddle hunters now. Chase has had a, a bunch of success, more on that to come. And uh, I, I'm going for my first saddle kill this year. I'm hoping to, to make that happen, and it could happen as soon as this weekend. So I am thrilled. But if you guys want to check out the most innovative way to hunt whitetail, www.tetherednation.com. That's the place to go. Check out their YouTube channel. They're putting out a, loads of awesome content, and they are just truly some out-of-this-world awesome people. I mean, just the nicest people you've met, the whole team and the crew and everybody who works there is just incredible, and they go out of their way to make sure you have the best experience possible. So give them, give them some love. Let them know that uh, we sent you. Now, we're going we're gonna to give a little extra love to this next uh, sponsor of the show, and that's Patreon. Guys, I am overwhelmed at the growth that we've had on Patreon, and something we haven't done in a while, and we're bad about it and we need to get back at it, is thanking the Patreons that subscribe. So we're going to name a couple of those off today, and if you don't know what Patreon is, hang on a second and I'll tell you about it. First, I'd like to say thank Samuel Marsengill, Eric Redder, Ryan Knoll, Josh Shineberry, and Alex Plue. Those are guys that have signed up. we got a lot more to cover, and we've had some serious growth. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Now, I told you I'd tell you what Patreon is. Patreon is a way for you to contribute to the show financially on a monthly basis. We've got three tiers, a 2 a 5 and a $10 tier. And with each of those tiers, you get additional benefits. So go check it out at www.patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. And that's a whole lot to remember. The link's below. Don't worry about it. Just scroll to the show notes, and you can go right there. That money goes straight into us buying new video equipment, traveling so we can do some of these uh, podcasts live in person because those are just much better podcasts. And we have seen a very strong growth in the Patreon, and that means we can bring you more video content. Chase and I are picking out a camera for him in the near future and getting him rigged up. Y'all already know that I've got a camera. So thank you guys for helping to make this show possible. Chase, I think that's all the business that we've got for this uh, oh, no. Actually, no. I forgot. We got a giveaway. We have a giveaway, and we have a winner for the giveaway. Now, one of the things, a little backstory for anybody who's new, one of the things that we do for Patreon is that every quarter we're giving away something to one of our Patreon members. It just so happened that we kicked off the first giveaway with a Predator platform, and Derek, let's see, his name, Eckert. Derek Eckert won the Predator platform. I've already reached out to him via email. Matter of fact, he just got back to it, uh, to me. I got his address, and we're sending that out to him. So every quarter, we're going to be doing a giveaway for you guys, and Chase and I have already picked out the next uh, quarter's giveaway, and it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for a post, and that's just one way that we can say thank you for supporting the show. Now, with that, we have officially knocked everything, all the business off the front of this show. We got the intro done. My shenanigans are out of the way. Chase, dude, you are having a hellaciously good year thus far, and today is part two of a series of parts. I'm hoping it's a five-part series because you've got five <laughs> tags. <laughs> but this is part two of Florida whitetail hunting success, and in a big way. Yeah, man, no doubt. This was a, uh, a huge success, especially since it came on uh, public land for right. uh, the, the quota hunt that I uh, was able to draw over the summer. So, I, I mean, I couldn't be more happy of, of how things turned out. I mean, it was one of those deals where you go in and you're planning on you're going to have to grind it out for three days. And then the next thing you know, within the first hour 
you've already tagged out. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do this the old-fashioned way. I'm going to straight-up interview. We're going to set the stage and uh, give the backstory, and then we're going to go through this thing piece by piece. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, so you've already taken the first question off that I had for you, which was, is this public or private? You said it's public. This was a quota hunt, a limited-entry quota hunt, which is important because the previous big buck that you shot, like, <laughs> 12 days ago uh, or 11 days ago, you did on, on on private. So you got you scratched the itch with a big buck. Now you're hunting public. How long did it take you to get drawn for the public? It did not take me – well, I had a bunch of preference points uh, already banked up for okay. the, this public hunt. I mean, it's it's a quota system. You put in for it. It's based on preference points. Uh, I decided to apply for the second hunt. There was a first hunt, which was the second weekend of the season. They don't start off like that opening weekend. Uh, it actually starts the, the second weekend of the, the archery season for the state – for our zone. Uh, zone C. And I decided to do the second draw because a couple of years ago I drew it, but that was when Hurricane Irma had come through and messed everything up. And we were, I was in there on that first weekend and there just wasn't a whole lot going on. And I didn't know if that was from the storm or it was just, that's how it was uh, in that management area. So I decided to go with the second hunt uh, this go around. So it, it didn't take me because I had, because I had the points, it didn't, it didn't take me very long to draw it this year. How much experience do you, did you have with this piece of public previously? With this piece of public, I had done a couple of turkey hunts on this piece of public because they allow uh, quota hunts for turkey as well. Uh, I probably turkey hunted it, let's see here, about I hunted it twice, and once was eight years ago and once was nine years ago. And I went and I didn't draw. I went in as a guest both times with a couple of my buddies um, a couple of years ago. And I do actually have some points for turkey in there, which I would <laughs> like to get back in there for turkey because the, the the cover of the brochure is a turkey. So generally, whatever the cover of something is, that's usually what they're <laughs> they're kind of known for. Yeah, that's a little tip, little pro tip. Look at the covers of the brochure, and that'll kind of give you an idea <laughs> of the best game they have to pursue in that area. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, and then I hunted it two years ago, uh, when Hurricane Irma came through, uh, that was the first time. And then I had actually went out there about six or seven years ago to scout it with a buddy of mine who drew it, but I never actually hunted in there, um, because I had some obligations and stuff like that. We just kind of went out there and scouted the area and it looked uh, I'd say a little, quite a bit different because of like planted pines and stuff like that were a lot shorter uh, back then. They've they've obviously grown in the last seven years, um, and then there was it looked a little bit different from when I was in there a couple of years ago as well. Um, and of course, it was a lot drier <laughs> this go round. Yeah, yeah. So what was the what was the most impressive deer encounter that you had had in there to date, or or were there any? Like, you know, turkey hunting or anything like that. Did, did you ever see, like, oh, man, this place is loaded with deer? What was your impression on the, of the place, I guess? Uh, no, I, I didn't necessarily think it was loaded with deer. I had seen I had seen the does, and I'd actually seen, like, a small buck or two driving around the few times that uh, I had uh, scouted it. And the, the reasoning why I picked this piece of public, which is probably what a lot of people would like to know, is... It butts up to a bunch of private land all around it. 
Sure. And on this private land, there's a lot of management that goes on. And I knew that in some of these areas that a lot of these people had been killing quality bucks over the years. I mean, there's quite a few of them in the uh, buck registry for Florida. Uh, and I had, and I was like, okay, well, that, that there's a chance that some of those deer could move back and forth. And I figured since they're practicing management, that there's a real good chance that there'd be some quality deer uh, that end up on that property from time to time, whether they're chasing does or just moving back and forth. So that was the main reason that I chose that management area. And they only let 15 hunters hunt it uh, for the draw that I had. Okay, I could see but that. But each, each hunter can bring a guest. So technically there could be 30 in there at one time, but sometimes people don't bring guests or they, it's, it just doesn't work out that way. So the person just hunts it themselves. And I've never, driving in there, I've never actually seen 15 different vehicles <laughs> uh, <laughs> either. I mean, during Irma, I drove around a bunch, and I think I saw three other vehicles the whole time. But, I mean, the place was underwater. I mean, it was difficult um, uh, hunting at that point. And there were trees down preventing you from accessing certain areas with vehicles. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So it was just – it was kind of a it was kind of a mess back then. If I understand correctly, they also limit the amount of scouting you can do in here as well, correct? Yes, they do limit uh, it in the fact that you cannot drive into that area until a day before – Okay. Um, your your draw. You know, you can go in there, uh, I think, I believe, on, like, horseback or a bicycle, if you'd like, um, during the during the year. Um, you have to have, like, a some type of stamp or something like that to be able to go in there to do right. that. Um, and then it's just – it, I, and I had been in there scouting before, so I knew a lot of the areas I'd like to try. Uh, it was just a matter of just going in there, being able to go in there that day before. Uh, and, and try to figure out, okay, what what it actually looked like, and what were there acorns on the ground, stuff like that, uh, a prior to hand. Um, I, I had a buddy. He he. There's a way that you can kind of access it in a couple of different areas where you can kind of walk in off of roads. Um, that that kind of help a little bit as well, uh, for as far as scouting it out. But it, it's kind of difficult because to where we enter to get to the spot where we ended up hunting would probably be like five or six miles or four, maybe four miles of actually like riding a bike or something like that um, in there. So. Right. Awesome. So you get in there day one, I'm talking to you, this is like a Thursday um, and you had a really awesome encounter. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yes, I did. So I brought along a buddy of mine, um, he didn't draw any of his hunts this year. So, like I said, I could bring a guest in, and I decided uh, to bring him. And actually, one of my other good buddies, he drew the hunt as well. <laughs> so, that that was kind of oh, wow. uh, that was kind of good um, the same week because he had a lot of points. And we had actually hunted. He came in as a guest with me the last time that I hunted it, um, and he knew about the area um, too. So, we get in, and there was an area that I hunted last year that I thought looked pretty good, or the la la couple of years ago I thought looked pretty good. So I wanted to start in that area just to kind of see what it looked like uh, sure. after a few years of – because it was small pines back then. Um, so we decided to hit that area up. It's You, you get to a spot – because there's several areas in there where you have to park and then you have to walk in the rest of the way. I mean, the roads are perfectly fine, <laughs> but I guess they just don't want a bunch of people driving around where people could technically be hunting. So we, we park the vehicle, we get our snake boots on, all, all that good stuff, spray down with 
permethrin and all that good stuff to try to prevent all the ticks and uh, <laughs> red bugs and all that stuff, which I still got <laughs> tagged by red bugs and stuff. Um, but anyway, so we walk in and we get to an area where I had kind of hunted before and we check that area out first. And I mean, it looked decent. There was a little bit of sign in there. Uh, it was kind of like a little, uh, oak bottom amongst a bunch of like pine trees, check right. that area out. Um, and we decided, okay, this, this isn't too bad. Um, maybe we'll consider hunting this, but we decided is like, Hey, let's just keep going, uh, east on this road and, and see what else there is over here. Because the last time I was there, I didn't go much further than that when I was scouting. So we decided to go a little bit further down on the road, which this is crazy how this happens. But we're walking and we're looking, I mean, and we're, we're doing aerial scouting as well with our cell phones, trying to, there was kind of a spot where there was like a small clear cut uh, in the pine trees. So like, Hey, okay, look, this, this looks like this could be a, a decent spot. Let's walk in right here. So we start walking in and it's probably pines that are, I don't know, 15 feet high or something right. like that, uh, at least in that area. And there's a bunch of dog fennel and all that stuff in them. They're not like cleaned out rows or anything that you'll sometimes see. So we're walking through and we get to this little area. There's like a little oak tree and like a bunch of dog fennel grouped up. And as we're walking, um, we see something jump out of the dog fennel and just take out on a beeline. And what that was, was what me and my buddy when we looked at each other, we're like, oh, my God, that's a big buck. <laughs> like, we both looked at each other like, holy cow, that is a big buck. Like, I could tell – I mean, from what I could tell, I just knew he was, like, pretty wide and had good mass. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many points he had at that point or anything. And there was a doe with him. There was two deer. But we saw the doe first, and then we saw the buck right behind him. And they just hightail it out of there. <laughs> so at this point I'm just like oh my gosh because I wasn't expecting to to run up on anything like that where we were at um which is which was kind of uh eye-opening to me uh at that time so I tell my buddy I'm like hey uh we don't need to bump this deer any further <laughs> out of this area <laughs> I was like let's just kind of do just like a quick little reconnaissance around this area maybe try to find because there wasn't really any trees right there where you could set up on that area. So we, we moved a little bit. The clear cut was just on, uh, the small little clear cut was just on the other side of that, um, to the West. So we just, we kind of went back, we kind of circled back around, got to that clear cut to where we, I figured we wouldn't be pushing the deer any further. We got on the clear cut and there were some taller pines on that, on the clear cut. So I'm like, okay, well I see some trees that I could possibly get in, uh, to hunt in the morning. And then, we got out of there as quick as possible. So we get out of there and then we find another spot kind of where a little bit further down the road where my buddy could set up uh, on a tree because we're like, well, we both kind of need to be in this area because there's a big buck in this area. There's no point in him going and hunting right. uh, across the management area when we know there's a big buck in that area. So he finds a tree that uh, he wants to get set up on. And we mark it, and we're like, okay, this is where we're hunting first thing in the morning. Like, there's <laughs> there's, pro there's nothing else that's probably going to pull us away from hunting this spot in the morning. Uh, and then we, we left. We left that area. We went and scouted some other areas. We marked some other spots uh, where I had been before, and then a couple of new spots where we're, we saw sign. Like, we saw rubs, and we saw some scrapes. 
uh, and there were acorns everywhere. I mean, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, I mean, acorns were dropping all over the place. So I was kind of like, well, there's not like any just feed trees because they're all feed trees at this point. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, we're just gonna we're just gonna go with the strategy. And I told my buddy like when that happened, I was like, hey man, this is this could be the bump and dump. Like we bump this deer out and then we just come back and hunt it as soon as we possibly can, which would be the next morning. It's not like we could go get our stuff and go get set up on this deer immediately. But we, I was like, well, if he's with that doe, there's a good chance he could still be with that doe tomorrow in that same area because that's probably where she lives. Right. Um, and she just had kind of brought him to back to that area. So we went, like I said, we went and scouted um, probably for another few hours, saw some areas, didn't really f- – um, find anything that was like, oh my God, let's hunt here in the morning. And so the plan was, okay, we'll come back in the morning and then we'll get set up in this area. Yeah, so that's kind of how the uh, the scouting went. And my other buddy was the, this this story is going to kind of take uh, a lot of funny turns here. But my <laughs> other buddy, he was he was coming in as we were going out, and he was kind of like, oh hey, uh, where y'all where'd y'all go and this that and the other. And I was kind of like, oh well, we kind of went over here. We kind of went, and then I definitely left out where the big. <laughs> 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 now, why would you go and do something like that? <laughs> I was like, we came upon this. This is uh, this is ours. I'm like, this, this is ours, man. Um, and I had no idea where he was gonna. I mean, I there was a couple of areas where I knew he would be uh, scouting. Um, and then he and an, and the guy that he was going with, the guy that he brought with him, actually hunted on a lease about a half mile away. That kind of what I would consider kind of butts up to that area, but it doesn't like really touch. It's not super far right. away. Right. Um, and they thought that they had had an access like through somebody's property to get to a, a place that they were going to, but it ended up that they weren't going to be able to do that. So they decided that. Um, they would just come in through the the normal access ways. Um, so that, like I said, they they were they scouted the rest of the day, and he kind of comes like, "Oh, did y'all see anything good?" I was like, "Yeah, I saw some rubs and scrapes and acorns. <laughs> <laughs> Bumped a few deer, which we did bump. We did bump more deer while we were out scouting. Which um, a couple of them were does, and then there were a couple that we we just didn't see. We just kind of saw them running off, uh, and can tell just could tell it was deer, and we saw some driving around." Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was our, uh, initial, uh, scouting and a plan of attack. Well, and then we had, like I said, if we didn't get anything the first day, we, we had some backup plans. Oh, for sure. And, and I think the funny thing is how this plays out because I'm sitting at work on a Thursday, Jones into getting the outdoors. My season doesn't kick off for like, you know, at this point, you know, it seems like an eternity away. It was only about a week or so away, but I'm sitting there and you're, you know, oh, we bumped this buck in the dough and later on we're talking and I said, you know, like, how big is he? And you said, big. And I said, you know, would he go 120? I'm sitting here, like, it, it, throwing out some obnoxious number. And you go, easy. He was probably 17 to 18 inches wide and had really good mass. At this point, my entire Friday was dedicated to checking my phone for a text message. Okay? <laughs> but at no point did I think this buck was going to be anything close to 120. I thought you were kind of yanking my chain. Right. You know, so, I... I have never been one to over exaggerate. Like, no, you can ask my buddies. <laughs> no. I I just don't, I don't do it. I mean, I I sometimes I ask them. I'm like, hey, what did you see? Because like I said, when it actually boils down to it, it's like 
a lot smaller than what they thought they had killed or whatnot. And I never tell anybody that I was like, oh, I shot a giant or whatever. I'm just like, I've got to lay hands on it to actually know uh, if it's a giant or not um, before I say it is. (laughs) (laughs) And most of the time, I, I mean, I know, I mean, when you see a big deer, or at least when I see a big deer, it's one of those just like, oh my goodness moments. Like you're, you're just taken back. Like that's how I know that normal most of the time that it's a big deer, um, as opposed to just your standard um, buck. But yeah, I, I could see because, like I said, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I saw this huge deer," and then but they can never prove that they saw that huge deer. Right. Um, so you're always kind of like, or when they they've killed stuff where they said was big, but then it turns out it's not. So you're just kind of like, okay, well, what did he really see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not like, not like, uh, everybody has that buddy is like, Oh man, I just shot a 140 and you get there and it <laughs> ain't even a hundred inches, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and ground shrinkage is a real thing. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. So the first morning, did you need any coffee or were you like, uh, like waking up five minutes before the alarm goes off. <laughs> no, well, I, I don't drink coffee, so uh, that that's that's uh, right. You don't drink coffee. I, I, I don't know how that works, but go ahead. I never have acquired the taste for it, man. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I did toss and turn a little bit that night because I was thinking, I was like, man, that was just a big buck. How cool would it be to kill this big buck on public land? Um, and, and but I wasn't re- in the back of my mind. I was kind of like, well, the chances of him coming back are not that high because it, right. it just in Florida, it just never really happens in Florida like that. I just whatever for whatever reason it is. There's a lot of times where you get an encounter, but you can go, you can go back there every day of the season. You may never see that deer in that same spot again. Um, so I was like, well, who knows? He was with that doe. That's that's kind of what I'm going off of. And the funny the the funnier part of that is my buddy went back home, and he starts talking to his wife. And he's like, he's, she's like, he's like, hey, we saw a big buck today. And she's like, okay, cool. And, he, and she's like, Ch- he's like, Chase is going to end up killing that buck. I just know he's going to kill it. And she's like, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, he is a lucky guy. I mean, that, that kind of <laughs> stuff happens to him. And he go, and then, but then she goes, nah, he's not going to kill it. And my buddy's like, no, I've got, he's like, I've got this weird feeling that he's going to kill that buck tomorrow. And he didn't tell me that story until after I had, after we had gotten the buck or whatever. But I just thought that was funny that he went home and was like talking to his wife about how he thought that I was <laughs> going to kill that buck. He had more faith than I did, <laughs> apparently. Mr. Steal your buck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm, like I said, I spent a little bit of time thinking about it, but I was like, oh, man, I, I know I've got to get some sleep because it's this place is pro- – well, I don't, I may not want to give the location about how far away it is, but it's within an hour of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's within an hour of my house. It driving. was Green Swamp WMA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Green, <laughs> green Swamp. <laughs> exactly. Oh. exactly. Apalachicola National Forest. No. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's always what I Which isn't people. open right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, so yeah. So that was it, man, going into that morning. That was the, that was the feeling. Yeah. So, you, what was the weather like on this opening morning? Was it was it as cool as you had hoped for in Florida? Uh, no. Like I mentioned earlier, me and my buddy were both talking about how it was on my truck. It said it was seventy nine degrees that morning. Oh. And the weekend, like I said, the weekend before, I went out and it was like sixty three. So it was like a, there was very little. There was yeah. some, maybe one to two miles an hour. You know what I mean? 
n- nothing. Cr- and it was, I mean, it was humid. Hot. I mean, it was, when we got out, I was kind of like, oh my goodness, this is, this is going to be fun. Cause like I said, when you gotta, you gotta walk in a ways cause we got to park in this one spot. We got to pack right. in, um, everything and then set up. So I was like, well, maybe I won't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> You were wrong. Which, if everything had gone smoothly while I was setting up in the tree, I probably would not have. Um, but that, that's even that was funny too with setting up in the tree. <laughs> well, take take it from there. You take it from the first morning and uh, walk us through it. Okay, so we get there, we get out, get everything, get set up. We walk in. Um, I, I knew where the place was, so I walk in. The wind was out of the west. So we had an easterly wind, um, which I wasn't – the wind played – I mean, I didn't think how the wind was that it was going to play a factor in if I saw the deer or not. Like, I didn't think I was going to get busted by them. I did think it they could bust me if they made it back to um, the, the bedding area uh, a certain direction. But if they were coming from that way, my buddy would have gotten an opportunity at them. So that's why I wasn't – uh, right. Once I got there, I wasn't super worried about the wind because of how I was set up in relation to that area. Um, so it actually, the wind was in my favor uh, for that hunt. Right on. Um, so I get I get to the tree, get everything, get setting up. Well, my thermosel had somehow cut off <laughs> in my backpack. So I'm like, oh, and I didn't really, I didn't know that. So I'm kind of getting tagged by mosquitoes, but not horribly. But the worst part about it was, is a horsefly. I guess was somehow attracted to whatever I was doing. And that joker started buzzing me like crazy as I'm trying to set my sticks up. I'm like swatting at it, taking my hat off. I'm cursing at it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's hit tagging me in the face, in the ear. I mean, it wasn't really, it never really like bit me or anything. It didn't really have time. It was just kind of like bumping into me, having right. a seizure or whatever they do. <laughs> and I'm like trying to knock him off. And about the third stick, I finally got, I finally got him to to get away from me. So that was fun, uh, trying to get set up. And then I set I set my predator up, which is dark. So I set my predator up, step onto the predator. Well, I step into like three limbs coming off of the tree, like because that's the way I wanted to face. Um that clear cut. And I was like, are you freaking cat? Cause there was no way they were, they were big limbs. They weren't small limbs or anything like that. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to have, so I get down, adjust it, face it the opposite direction. I want it to face. Um, but I was like, well, uh, with the versatility of the saddle, I'm not too worried about it. I can spin around, do stuff like that, but I would rather be facing this direction so I could be hidden. Cause I was like, I'm going to kind of be a little bit exposed because it's one of those clean pine trees pretty much up to the top. You know what I mean? There's no, right. there's no real cover there, but that was, Okay, let, and let me go back. The reason I chose that tree is it was in the dead the in that clear cut. That clear cut was about eighty yards wide. That tree kind of stuck out just a little bit onto the clear cut, and it was the only tree I had which would give me a shot forty yards either way. Like if I figured there was two different, there was two ways that they were probably going to come in there, and I wanted to be kind of in the middle of that. And I was like. 40 yards this way, 40 yards that way, I'm good. I can cover both sides um, of this area. So that's why I picked the tree that I picked. And I got set up in the tree, finally, um, (laughs) after all that fun that I had trying to get up in there. (laughs) 
Um, and then once I get set up in the tree, I got all my stuff ready. I got everything ready to rock and roll. Um, like I said, it was still dark out, so I, ha I had to wait for uh, sunrise before I could start to uh, see and be able to, like, range certain things to make sure, okay, this is this, this is that, um, and kind of have an idea of, okay, that's uh, – uh, and I really – and it was good for me to be able to see it from the tree because it looked totally different from the ground. <laughs> like, I couldn't see was through it any too, of that. Was it, like, too thick? Is it, yeah, well, yeah. It, there was just a bunch of do patches of dog fennel that were really tall, uh. so you that you wouldn't be able to see through it if you're on the ground. But since I, once I got up in the tree, I could see all these like pockets and holes where deer might be moving through. So right on, I, I, yeah. So that that was me uh, getting to the tree and getting set up for the morning. That's awesome. So you you, you get set up there. You you uh, have fought off the insect horde. And uh, you're probably sweaty as hell at this point. Were you optimistic, yeah, I, or were you were you kind of starting to get kind of frustrated? Uh, I mean, I was on my setups, man. I always seem to have issues. Like I don't know that I ever have like a smooth run. I don't. I don't know what that is. That's that's where that's my unluckiest part of hunting. Like everything else, I can say I'm lucky at, but setting up in a tree for some reason, it, it whips me like almost. Nine out of ten times. I don't <laughs> – I'm not afraid to admit that, but it doesn't really matter. I still make it up in the tree and get to where I want to be. It's just not as smooth as I was like it to be, especially on just random setups um, for me. But, yeah, I, well, it's funny. I got in the tree. I was sweat. At that point, I was sweaty. I was like, oh, man, now I'm a little bit sweaty. I would got my thermocell kicked back on, so I wasn't being attacked by mosquitoes anymore. Yeah. Um. And like I said, I was making sure once I got up in the tree, I was checking the wind. I was like, okay, it's still the same. I'm good to go with that. And then it was just, okay, well, let, let's see what happens. Let's, um, now, now the hunt begins. That's awesome. So how long into the hunt before you started to see activity? <laughs> well, I, I know the some, answer to this, but uh, you know, right. I got some text. I was getting text from my buddy. <laughs> He was, like I said, he, my buddy was probably like through the woods was 80 yards away. We couldn't see each other, um, but he was probably 80 to 90 yards away. Uh, he was hunting like pretty much on the road. Like he, he could see a good portion of the road, but then he had a lot of area behind him where he could take shots and everything else because it was a lot more open right there. Um, and there looked like there were some deer trails coming out where that was so his thinking was okay if they're crossing this road I'll be, i've got a couple of deer trails here maybe they'll cross in front of me um and he texted me that he had he had heard some grunting uh first thing another text i got was that he had just had a doe walk under his stand like at five feet and then a little while later he sends me a text that he had a spike walk underneath him so I was like, okay, well, he, he's getting some action. He's got grunting going on. He couldn't see what was grunting. He's got grunting going on. He's already had two deer pass understand. And that was probably about 7.30 in the morning at that point. And I hadn't seen anything at that point. So I was kind of like, okay. And he had already – and then he had ended up seeing another doe. And he's like, oh, this doe's headed your way. But it, it, it was – I never actually saw that doe. And then I'd heard – the funny part was I had heard a doe blowing somewhere. And I'm like, where – why is this doe blowing? I was like – she's not downwind of me or my buddy but it turned out it was my other buddy who was hunting in there was she was blowing at him <laughs> he was actually which this is just strictly a coincidence he was hunting about 100 yards away from my other buddy through the woods 
So we have a 2,000-something acre management area, and my other buddy is literally 100 yards, um, pretty well, 150 yards, 160 yards away from me. <laughs> and we did no coordinating on that. Wow. Um, but we we had scouted that area, and it was – and that's the buddy that has the messed up hand. Um, so he's hunting with a crossbow. Um, and there was a fire lane that he was hunting on, and it was loaded with acorns. I'm talking about there was like every 50 yards, there was a tree that was dropping acorns on Really? Yeah. Yep. So um, that's I need why some of that luck because I haven't found anything like that this year. Yeah. I mean, that place was loaded with acorns. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was just kind of like, oh, I mean, we can try to hunt some of these trees, but, um, I mean, they can pretty much go to every tree in here and, right. and find acorns. Um, every spot we scouted had them. So I'm getting all these texts, and at this point I'm just kind of like, geez, I was like, I hadn't seen anything. But I was like, this could be just a spot where I just see what I need to see. <laughs> right. Um, and I knew, and I knew I didn't, I, I didn't think I had busted anything out of there walking in. Like I didn't hear anything run off or anything blowing or anything like that when I got set up uh, that morning. So around, like I said, uh, 7:30, I've been getting the text, and I hadn't seen anything. So I'm sitting, so I'm, I'm sitting there, and like I said, I had been ranging some stuff and just making sure I'm keeping an eye out where I think they, the deer could come in at. Um, and then looking through, trying to make sure I'm looking through pockets, but it, the thing about it was, is I'm facing the wrong way. Like we had our time, I'm facing like into a thick area where everything I have to catch is out of my peripheral vision, or I have to like physically turn around and look that way to see if stuff's coming. <laughs> um, so that was fun. But about 8 o'clock, um, I catch a doe out of the corner of my eye, probably at about 50 yards or so. And she's right on, like, the edge of where the clear cut is and some, some dog fennel. And I can see her walking uh, through the woods. And I'm like, okay, well, I've, I didn't get shut out. At that point, I'm thinking, okay, well, hey, I didn't get blanked. I didn't not see anything. I've at least seen a doe walking through the woods. And I could see her working uh, through the dog fennel, kind of at a, like, 45-degree angle to where I was at, heading um, east, which was where that bedding area was. And I look again, and then I can see something that bigger that steps out. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what what do we got here? (laughs) And he was kind (laughs) of in the dog fennel, and I got my binoculars up, and I could tell it had at that point, all I could tell was it had antlers. Like, I couldn't tell anything about how big it was, nothing. I just could see dark-colored horns in the dog film. I'm like, oh, I said, well, we got a uh, buck here with a doe. And they weren't they weren't running or anything like that. She would kind of, like, take a few steps and look back at him a little bit, and then she'd kind of move a little bit more. And he was just slowly and methodically following her, like dead set, looking at her. He wasn't looking around. He didn't appear like he was on edge or anything like that. It, wow. it was just like a slow little trot, um, like a, a walk for him right behind her. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got some action here. Well, I knew at this point I knew I needed I didn't, um, I knew I needed to spin around because I'm like, I want to spin around, be set up, because where they were heading, I'm like, it wasn't going to be a, sh- a short shot. It wasn't going to be like I was going to be able to shoot him at 10 or 20 yards at this point. So I didn't want to be like – spun all the way around leaning trying to take a shot um off of uh the platform at that far away at that point when I knew I could get turned around and be ready and I wanted to be able to range the doe um whenever she popped out into uh an opening to kind of know okay this is how far I'm gonna have a shot at 
So I get spun around. It takes me a second to kind of get spun around because so I was kind of close to the tree and my pouches were wanting to kind of rub up against the tree. But I made sure that they weren't rubbing up against the tree. Got spun around. The doe pops out into this opening. I've got my rangefinder ready, range her, and it says 38 and a half yards. So I'm like, okay, 38 and a half yards. Um, <laughs> I have a – I shoot a double pin adjustable sight. It's a spot hog, um, the Fast Eddie. XL and my second it just so happens that my second pin is around 38 yards so I'm like okay I don't even I'm not even going to need to adjust my sight I just need to put make sure I put the second pin on the deer and I should be good to go so she kind of mo- moses on and he, he's still just steady walking he stops for a second um, kind of hits some uh, pine straw um, off of one of the branches and he, he kind of like licks that a little bit, does a little bit of that. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, as he's walking, I'm like, okay, he's about to step out into the opening. So I draw back, He and then he stops right behind a pine tree. Like, vitals, all of his vitals are covered by a pine tree. And I'm like, oh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, man. I was hoping that you were just going to take a, at least two more steps so I could get a shot. Um, so he stops there. <clears throat> he kind of looked a little bit, like left and right, but then the doe kept, walking so that drew his attention again so I'm like okay I'm good I'm not too worried about it Um, and then I kind of peeked over a little bit while that was happening I'm like okay my um, little dot or my little pointer is where it needs to be like I it didn't get bumped or anything because like I was just trying to make sure okay I didn't bump this while I was trying to move around the tree or anything like that and it's not actually on the yardage that it needs to be on (laughs) Um, so I checked that that was a little checkpoint for me he, he takes like a couple of steps, and then all I was telling myself was make sure you use the second pin. Make sure, because I so often I use that top pin um, for all my adjustments, and I just didn't want to make the mistake of putting that top pin on them at that distance and knowing that I would miss low if I did. Um, but in the funny part is a shot that I take probably three or 400 times a year is I walk out to my backyard, i got a little bow hanger, and I've got a little um, 3D buck target out. Well, that distance is right around 40 yards. And I always just put that second pin on it and take that shot like religiously. Like at least probably over the years, probably like 300 times where I always put that second pin on that spot and make sure that that's right. So anyway, so I, I take that shot 300 times a year. He takes a couple of steps. I make sure everything's solid, ready to rock and roll. That bottom pin is exactly where it needs to be. Stops. He takes a, one step, one more step, and then I, I was on him. And then at that point, muscle memory takes over. <laughs> um, and I knew that it was a decent deer. Um, as I could, cause I, he fought like his, his head had popped out and I could see his head good, but I was never really, I knew when I saw like his rack, I was like, okay, he's a shooter. No, no need to focus anymore on the antlers at this point. I've got to focus on everything that I need to get done, uh, to make this happen. So I didn't know exactly how big he was. I just knew that he was a shooter pretty much right off the rip, especially on public land. I knew he was a shooter, <laughs> um, for that hunt. And I let the arrow fly. Um, it hit, and I did not get a full pass through. Like, I, well, 
I didn't know that I didn't have a full pass through. I knew the arrow was still sticking in the deer, but I could see the arrow in the deer um, as he spun around, and I could tell it was. It looked like it was in the vitals. I'm like, okay, the shot is in the vitals. Um, he and he he runs off. He did. He just did. He just completely turned around and ran back, kind of the way he had come out, um, and he headed north um, from where I was at. So wow. at this point, I am obviously. I was like, oh, my God, I've just shot a deer on this public piece of land. And I'm like, I wasn't really the, – the the weird part about that kind of was is I had so many things that I needed to do. I didn't have a chance to get amped up before the shot. You know what I mean? Like where, like, you immediately – your heart starts pounding, like, really hard. And I, I didn't really get a chance to see him good until he just came out to the opening. And at that point, I was – there were so many things going through my mind that I wanted to make sure all those things happen. I was never like really like super amped right before the shot. So after the shot, I'm just kind of like, Oh my goodness, I have just shot a deer on this public piece of property. And at that point I'm like, okay. And I had, I tried to, I made sure when the deer ran off, like I said, he ran about 50 yards and then he got lost in the woods. Like I couldn't see him anymore at that point. And I could hear him stumbling through, behind me but I never heard like him crash or anything like I heard the the first buck crash um or at least I didn't think I'd heard him crash from from the noise that I could hear um and my buddy the funny part was is when the arrow hit it made a loud thwack I'm talking about super loud so instantly I had a text message on my phone and he said what was that <laughs> and I was like dude I just shot a deer <laughs> and he's like seriously I'm like yes um, by the way, they were headed your way. <laughs> but I actually think they were headed to that bedding area between me and him. Um, because they were the way that doe was headed was directly into where that bedding area was. They were only, at that point, 35. When I, sh- when I shot him, he was probably 40-something yards away from that bedding area from where we busted him out um, the morning before. So I think wow. she was just taking him back to her bedding area. And he was just staying with her until uh, it was time to move on. That's just crazy. Yep. I think that's yep. the first time, you know, the the uh, Diaquistos kind of pioneered the whole, like, bump and hunt where you found the deer kind of thing. And, like, right. I just – I think it's funny that here we are in, like, middle Florida. I guess you'd call it middle Florida. I don't know, central Florida, whatever. You're, right. You're, you're sitting here, and you do exactly what they talk about in the Midwest all the time. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, like I said, I, I told my buddy that theory. I'm like, hey, you bump a deer out, um, and then you try to get in there as fast as you can uh, to hunt them again because there's a good chance they could come back to that area. Um, and it's been pro- they've kind of proven it. I've never happened to me, <laughs> but it has now. <laughs> it, it has now. And then I'm texting you. I'm like, what was your first impression when I sent you the text? I just shot a buck. Like, what what were you thinking at that point? Because I. I think you were probably, you were probably, I don't think you were like super optimistic that I was going to kill a deer on this hunt. You were probably like, eh, it's Iceman. He's got a chance at killing a deer. But, Me? Yeah. Dude, I have, I, I, I told everybody from the very beginning, once you get hot, you stay hot. I knew you were, you were going to kill deer. <laughs> was it this hunt? Maybe, maybe not. But like at any right. point in time for the entirety of this season, Every time I see my phone light up and it's you and it says text message, I'm like, oh, he killed something. Matter of fact, <laughs> you sent me you sent me a photo of your freezer, 
and with like no caption, I went, dude, you shot another one? Right. Yes, <laughs> I did see that too. <laughs> that was just me showing you the freezer from the last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, which that was funny. <laughs> I was kind of like, no, I haven't had time to process it. <laughs> you said something like, it's filling up or something like that. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. dead gum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do remember that. Yeah, I didn't know because, like I said, I sent you the text. You're like, oh, cool. He's like, well, do you think uh, – I can't. I kind of remember you're like, oh, do you think it was that one from before? And I was kind of like, well, I don't know. I know it's a decent buck. Um, and then my buddy was doing the same thing. He's like, what, you think it was that deer from uh, yesterday? And I'm like, I don't really know. Um, I said, I know – he. I said, it could be. I said, he had dark-colored uh, antlers, looked like he had decent mass. Uh-huh. And that's all I really uh, had to go on as far as what I could tell people. that I And I had texted my father-in-law. I texted my buddy, my other buddy that was in there. And he was with actually another guy that uh, I work with um, as well. So there, he's texting me. He's like, hey, man, heard you shot a buck, man. Let us know if you need any help finding him. Uh, congratulations. And uh, so then I just say, okay, well, I didn't get a full pass through. So I don't know what happened, but I could tell that um, – and it almost sounded – I initially thought that maybe it had gone through and hit, like, his offside shoulder. Right. Because of how he was standing. But he was kind of – I didn't really kind of take into account that he was kind of quartered away from me. Right. So, the shot would, wouldn't have probably have gone that way. It would have probably gone further the other way. Um, but the, the, the sound was so loud. Like I said, my buddy was 80 yards away, and he, and he said it sounded um, like a rocket going off whenever it freaking hit. So, um but now you hey, weren't you weren't very certain of the shot, like that was that was the big concern. Um, I wasn't certain of the penetration. Uh, it wasn't. I knew the shot was dead on. Like I knew from seeing the arrow inside of them, I knew the shot was dead on where it needed to be. It was more of how much penetration did I get uh, on this deer? Because um, I was like, I, I don't. Because I never thought I was like, I didn't hit front shoulder. I was like, there's no way. Uh, I hit front shoulder because of how, how he's how, how I could see the arrow when he ran off. I was just more worried about okay, did did I get enough penetration um, for it to go through both lungs or whatnot? Um, so I, I decided I'm like my buddy's like, oh okay, well how long do you want to wait? You know, I was like, well I I said I'm going to sit here at least another hour before I even think about getting down, <laughs> um, and I wanted to give him time to hunt. Sure, I'm like I was like you've been seeing deer. Um, and then my other buddy had texted me. He had seen like six or seven. The one that was hunting on the fire lane said he had seen six or seven does already um, as well. So I was like, well, the deer are moving. Um, I just shot a buck. You never know. Something else could come in here. Something else could get on her trail because she smells good right now and, and come investigate. So you might as well sit tight um, for a little while. So I gave it a good another hour and probably probably an hour and a half before I even just even thought about getting down. So at, at that point, I'm just kind of going through my mind everything that had just happened. I couldn't I, – that, I was kind of like, I can't believe I just shot a, a good buck out here. Um, all of it came together. <laughs> um, and then just kind of texting back and forth with people like, oh, this is what happened. I saw the arrow in. What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I told my – I had texted my buddy. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get down at this time. You can kind of meet me over here because he knew where it was at. And I was like, then we'll try to pick up a blood trail or something. How long did you wait, ultimately? Uh, uh, it was, by the time I started looking, it was probably close to two hours. And were you worried during that time period? Like, what was running through your mind? Um, just to try to find blood or find the arrow. Um, 
I didn't. Uh, I went to the spot where I shot him at, and I could not see any. I couldn't see any blood. But it was it was kind of thick by there, and I didn't see like any initial blood of where it hit. And I was shooting a cut on contact broadhead, and I was kind of like, man, I should be seeing some blood right here. But <clears throat> I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the path that he took right before he got in the woods, and uh, see if I can see that arrow or anything. And sure enough, I found the arrow right before. Uh, it got to where it got into some bigger woods um, and it was broken off and I measured it against my other arrows and I figured that I got at least uh, 10 or 11 inches of penetration on the deer. And there, there was some blood on the arrow, but there wasn't a ton of blood on the arrow because I didn't get a pass through. Um, so I was, I was like, okay, well I've got red blood here. Um, I couldn't really tell if it was lung blood or anything. Um, so at that point, me and my buddy start picking up, uh, the, the blood trail, which was the blood trail was not a great blood trail <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was, that, that's the only thing that kind of had me worried was I was like, I was like, man, we're finding like little, a little bit of blood here and there, like every, um, 10 yards or something, there'd be just like drops or spots on some leaves and stuff. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, he's not bleeding great, but maybe it's just cause the, the arrow was stuck. He still had that arrow stuck in him, and maybe it was plugging up a little bit uh, of the hole, preventing him from uh, bleeding out um, as good as I thought he would. And when all that had happened, I had texted my other buddy. I'm like, Hey, when y'all get done hunting, do y'all mind coming and helping me look for the deer? Cause it's always better to have, uh, more sets of eyes out there than just two people trying to look for the deer. So we probably spent, oh goodness, we probably spent probably an hour looking at this point, just finding like little pieces of blood. Um, and we had probably made it, I would say about a hundred yards, um, from where I shot him at, um, to the point where my other buddies finally made it, uh, to kind of help us look for, uh, look for blood. And it was weird because, uh, one of my other buddies gets there, and he starts going out in front of us. Like, we're looking at blood because we had kind of got to a spot where it had kind of – we thought it had kind of stopped based on, like, the direction he had taken. And he starts looking, and he, he like, immediate like, we had been looking in this area for probably 20 minutes. And he goes, oh, there's blood, there's blood, there's blood. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? But I th- it was – at that point, it was hot outside. Like, we had both been looking for an hour in the sun, and we were like uh, – luckily, they had brought some waters. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so he starts finding blood and he's kind of looking ahead of him and he, he's finding blood. And then we, we kind of get to another spot and he's kind of circling around a little bit and we're finding we're at this point, every like three or four yards, we're finding more blood. Like the, the, there's getting more and more blood in, in this one area and we kind of reach a stop. Well, he walked out ahead of us. He was probably like 25, 30 yards ahead of us at this point. And he walks around and he goes, oh, I see. He goes, I see your deer. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I was like, he, I was like, and then he starts walking up to it and he goes, oh my God, you've killed a Florida giant. It's a freaking giant, dude. And I'm like, are you, I was like, I thought he was messing with me. I'm like, uh, he's just messing with me. Uh, we'll see what it get, what I, what I get up to. And he's still saying that, like, as I'm, as I'm walking up, he's like, it's, it's a Florida giant, dude. Like he's whipping out his cell phone at this point. It's like, oh, well maybe, maybe it is, <laughs> maybe it is a big deer. And then I finally lay eyes on this deer and I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that I took this buck 
on public land. <laughs> and I start like high fiving my buddies, like hugging them. Like we, I mean, we were all celebrating at that point. That's what made it kind of so special right there is that I got to share that moment of coming up on that deer with all my buddies. Like they were all there. They were all super pumped. Um, and of course they're like, we're all, and then to come to find out the other guy, he was probably hunting a hundred yards away from me on the West side of me. So we were all, all four of us were actually within like 150 to 200 yards of each other <laughs> that morning, which makes the f- story even funnier. Wow. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm, I'm like looking at this deer and I'm just like, I, I can't believe this. Like, uh, <laughs> what is, and he's going, all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven points. And I'm just like, 11 points on this deer. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's freaking that, I was, I'm just like, at that point, I'm just kind of like grabbing my head and just like, it, it just in disbelief, um, of what I, of what I had shot. Um, so I finally get down there, lay hands on him. Like, Oh, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for, for the last 12 <laughs> years of bow hunting is to finally walk up on a deer like this and to just be like awestruck by it. Um, and not to say that I haven't been before. I mean, early on in my career, I was all struck. Sure. I was like, every deer that I shot was like, oh, my God, even at basket rack, because I was like, I had never taken a deer before. Um, but this one, and just, and I mean, he had long brow tines. He was wide, dark, really dark antlers. Um, I mean, I sat there for a while just looking at him, just like, uh, I can't believe this. Um, and then I'm like, okay, picture time. I've got to take, it's, it's like, I said, I need y'all to take some pics. Because I'm gonna send this, I'm gonna have to send this to uh, Walter <laughs> and get. Because uh, you had kind of texted me a little bit, like, "Oh, are you having any luck or whatever?" Um, at that point, so you didn't even know I had found the deer at this point. So I get behind the deer, take a pic, send send you the picture. Um, what what were your initial thoughts when you saw me with that deer? Uh, well, you know the funny thing was when I'm sitting there looking at my, on my computer, uh, not my computer, my phone. I'm like trying to like figure out where the deer is because if you look at the photo, he's so dark, which is so rare, you know, right. like it's, it's, it's unusual to see that. I was like, what is he grabbing? Like, I'm trying to like, like figure it out. And then all of a sudden, like the, the material, like the antlers start to materialize as I zoom in. And I just like, I kept trying to find proportion to make it smaller. Cause I was like, something about this picture is wrong. Right. Like I, I, it blew me away. And the more you look at it, you're like, holy crap, the G 2s have got kickers off of it. You know, like, oh, my right. God, he's got like six inch G uh, uh, um, brow tines. Like he's just he's gorgeous, man. And, and the funny thing is, if you know Chase and most of you don't, he's a big dude, broad shoulders. He's a, he's a big fella, skinny, but he's a big fella. And this rack does not look dwarfed by him at all. Like it, it's right. it's gorgeous. I mean, he's what, like 16 or what, 18 inch? Inside spread twenty. Um, he is seventeen. Seventeen. Seven, I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I measured on the deer. At yeah. All, at the or up to this point, right. I, I've only thing I actually measured was because I had never, I had never killed a deer that was wider than probably fourteen and a half inches. Right. 14, 14 and a half inches. Because every like a lot of the places I hunt, they're just all like tight rack deer. They'll have tall tines and good mass and stuff like that, but just had never really killed anything wide. I mean, I'd even killed a uh, buck that um, probably with my rifle that would go one twenty somewhere in there, and he was only probably 14, 13 and a half, 14 inches wide. But I mean, he had just 
insane mass and tall tines and everything, like really tall brow tines and everything else um, that uh, helps them score that much. Um, but so I was just, I mean, like I said, I was just, I couldn't believe the deer. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. it. It was one of those things where, like, I couldn't believe it was a Florida deer, but I was in no way surprised that you shot that deer. Like, I just, I have to impress on everybody that I just, when Chase gets on a roll, man, like last year was kind of like an iffy year for for you. You didn't do anything, like, to speak of, right? Like, you, you shot deer, you did your thing, but, right. like, you sent me a lot of photos of deer like a week later because it was just a kill. You know, it was just another small right. deer. It wasn't anything like to freak out about. But I mean, I just, he's everything a Florida deer isn't brow tines, dark horns, big spread. <laughs> I mean, he's right. just gorgeous. Yeah. And I mean, I, like I said, I had been kind of, I've been waiting for that moment for so, especially with a bow. Because I mean, to me, killing something with a bow in Florida is a feat in itself. And then to be able to take an animal like that with a bow, I mean, I had, like I said, I had been waiting. This is a moment that had been, like, building up for uh, 12 years now of always dreaming of just killing, like, a slammer buck in Florida with your bow. I mean, that's to me, that's just the ultimate. And most people kind of tell you that as well, um, to be able to kill, like, a, to kill a slammer buck on public land <laughs> with your bow. Um, this just doesn't happen very often. Um, it, yeah. it does happen, but just, just not often. So it, at that point, uh, we were at that point. We're like, oh my goodness, we're a long ways away from the truck. <laughs> <laughs> How far do you think you was F- from the truck? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I'm try- as as a drag. Um. If we probably would have went through the woods a certain way, like super thick woods, he probably would have been like three quarters of a mile away. Um. From there. Um, but actually there was a, there was an access road on the back side of it that, uh, this actually where my, my buddy had parked was on that access road. Um, so we were able to cut a little bit of that distance off. So we probably drug him out about a half mile or so, I would imagine. Um, maybe a little bit further than that. Uh, I'd have to measure it. Um, but I mean, it was at that point, it was like 90 degrees out. <laughs> so it wasn't <laughs> like we were dragging this deer out. <laughs> In, in, in nice cool weather but um and but i had my buddies to help me so that that was the best part about it like we all kind of one of my one of my buddies the buddy that i came with he went back and got all of our stuff got it all gathered up and then he he started heading back to the truck with all of our stuff and then me and the other two buddies we ended up we like took turns dragging the deer out um to get it to his truck so that's awesome yeah and at that point um I knew, like I said, when I was talking about earlier, I had entered that deer contest. And I was like, okay, well, I've got to get this deer. Because where that place was was about an hour away from where I was at. So I knew I had to get get them loaded up quick. Because, like I said, it was hot outside. I wanted to get that deer loaded up. And uh, so I dropped my buddy off to where his truck was. And then, like I said, I I had an hour drive to be able to get the deer to that uh, processor. um, So he could be uh, entered in for the, the competition. (laughs) that's awesome dude that's that's crazy i uh yeah i i i was like uh, and when i got i mean even the uh the processor guy was taken back by the deer (laughs) was he (laughs) yeah um because the where he's at he's in an area where they just don't grow a lot of big deer um one of the counties that he's in i mean they they kill some nice deer every now and then but 
on, on general, like he sees like a lot of your 60 to 80 inch bucks coming in. Um, so when he saw that, he was excited. <laughs> wow. He, he, and I was, I mean, I was still at that point, I was still in like shock basically. <laughs> I was just, and I, and I had sent like pictures to a few people, but my other buddies had been blowing people up with that picture of me holding the deer. So I'm getting my phones like blowing up from all these people. Like, dude, you just you just slayed a giant, man. That's incredible. Blah blah blah. So I'm still getting all these text messages and stuff like that. And I was still just, I was like, is this real? Is this right? It was it was just like, is this actually? Did this actually happen? Finally. Um, so that that was kind of cool too, because I mean, I don't know how many times I've told that story <laughs> since that day um, to people. So. It, it was glad I was glad that it all worked out and that it worked out on public land, um, and I, I had a strategy and the strategy paid off. Man, it's a lot of times <laughs> it's not that doesn't really happen, but it, it did. So that's awesome. I, can, uh, I still I'm still like I said I'm still kind of in disbelief. So we'll see. Um, the processor he has he holds that deer till the end of our archery season, which I think is October nineteenth. It is indeed. Um, and. And then the FWC, uh, the Wildlife Commission, like an officer comes in, and he scores all of uh, all of the deer that they have for for the competition. And then that's how. And if the 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 kind of the the thing is though is they have an overall winner too. So if you win the bow season, which you win like a brand new bare bow and all that good stuff, um, you your buck stays there. Like it stays there through muzzleloader season. And then if no one passes their muzzleloader season, it stays there throughout the entire season until somebody brings in a, a bigger deer uh, than what you got. Right. So that deer, uh, it could be stuck there the entire season, but the the overall winner wins a free uh, mount. Oh, wow. Well, isn't that convenient? Yeah. 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 And I was like, well, it's got a place to be stored now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would kind of like – it's one of those deals like where you kind of want to go back and look at the deer again. Like, I, I want to go look at him again just to be like, oh, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is him. But um, but I'm actually – I'm going back. I've got to get some stuff from the guy, and I've got to get my other deer um, from him because I know my other deer is not going to be that one. Right. Um, and it, the other deer had a broken tine, and he was worried about that they weren't – it wouldn't count towards the score and it was kind of close to some of the other ones because they have a first and second place right so i was like well i could win second place no <laughs> first and second place but since it had the broken tie he was worried about that and i was like okay well i'll just pick that deer up um whenever i come back in which i should be <laughs> going back in there in a, probably a few days or so yeah um, to pick that up so it'll well, be interesting man so one of the things that I want to touch on before we wrap this up is we had a lot of people ask some questions. Uh, you know, obviously the photos of that buck go viral quick. I mean, we, I think 30 something plus thousand people have reacted to it thus far, uh, which is just mind bogglingly huge. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy to me. And in yeah, so, yeah, in several groups that I shared it where our likes are in the hundreds and there's a lot of comments and unfortunately we can't address them all. Um, but we're gonna. I'd like to address a couple of them if you, if you got a minute. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we kind of touched on this a lot, but maybe you can just kind of give an overview summary that kind of pulls it all together. But one of the things that was asked was, "What did you do scouting wise to identify this deer?" You, you talked a lot about what you did, but was there something about this area that would snag you again in a different place another time? 
Well, the what really snagged me about that area is the last time I hunted it, that was the only area I saw deer. Okay. Um, well, when I, I hunted mean, it <laughs> a couple of years before, that was the only place I had seen deer. So that's what kind of drew me back to it. And back behind where I was at was a, a small swamp and a uh, oak bottom um, as well. And it was dropping acorns and everything else too. So I'm like, well, I've got food on this side of me. I had already, like I said, I identified the buck, um, but I would have hunted that area if I had not seen that buck, um, just because there was a bunch of transition areas that kind of came together. There were sure. some short pines that came into like big woods. There was some taller pines. There was dog fennel. There was a clear cut. There was just a ton of different terrain features right there, and they kind of all pinched together in the point where that deer came out, or those two deer came out. Awesome. Um, so that that's what drew me to that area. Doesn't sound like anything special went on. You just simply put boots on the ground, found an area with pinch points, and hunted it. I mean. Yeah, and just passed information. No secrets. Seeing deer there. Sure, yep. sure. No secrets, just time and effort put in. So yep. uh, Mike, Mike JP87 says, what are the GPS coordinates? <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'll, already told you. Green I'll, I'll DM you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere between Green Swamp WMA and uh, Appalachicola National Forest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chase Chase, um, Adam Cruz says how does it feel for Chase to carry the weight on the kills well personally the way I feel about it is instead of being jealous like Adam's trying to insinuate here uh, I'm incredibly happy for my friend which is something I think that uh, all people should exhibit yeah man I mean the same (laughs) if you had killed that buck I would be as just as happy man I would be like super pumped for you and uh, so excited that you were you were able to have an experience like that. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> and that's an experience you want to have over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, and <laughs> I, I mean, there's going to be fun. There's a whole lot of season left to be had, so I'm not not super yeah. worried about it. You know, maybe yeah. I'll put Adam on a on a deer before it's all said and done. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> what boots do you use to make mock scrapes? I'm not sure this applies to this episode, but it was asked. So, do you do mock scrapes? Uh, I, I do mock scrapes, and it's whatever boots I have on at the time. Really? Um, You're not, like, super, like, scent-control rubber boots that stay in a scent-free tote? And Dude, where on earth in Florida are you going to practice scent control? I just told you I was sweating <laughs> like a madman getting up into the tree. Um, I, I've gone out there and made mock scrapes before with the shoes that I had on that I wear, uh, like, working in the yard and stuff like that, and put a camera on it, and I, I had, like, 15 deer pass through on that mock scrape. After I made it. And that was after I peed in it. Oh, man. Well, you had your Ozonics, right? No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have an Ozonics. I, and now it's not that I don't believe in Ozonics. It's, it's just another thing for me to carry heavier to carry in the woods. Right. Um, to make me sweat more. And if I knew where deer were going to come out a majority of the time, I, I would be like, okay, cool. But. They can pop out anywhere. That those deer, I mean, they they came from an area that um, that was one of the like five possibilities that I had predicted that they would come from. So it's not like I knew exactly how they were going to come out to that right. area. I mean, it's woods. Yeah. I mean, th- there there was there was bet, there's bedding everywhere, um, and everything else. I'm just like, oh, well, I, I I I wouldn't mind having this, but I just I can't predict the the deer movement that much in most of the areas that I hunt. So okay. I, don't, I don't use one. Okay, so final question, and then we're wrapping this up. One thing that you learned that will change the way that you hunt in the future from this from this uh, experience. 
one thing that I learned from this experience. Well, there are giants on public land in Florida. <laughs> there were. There were giants. <laughs> there were giants on public land on Florida. No, no there, there are giants on public land in Florida. Uh, the, the other thing I learned is, I'm not going to say that I learned it, but just kind of reiterated is go where the hot sign is. I had good intel. That was, if you have a good to intuition on an area to hunt and it's pulling you, then hunt there. Sure. Don't, don't go somewhere else. Hunt, hunt that area because um, it, it could pay off like it did in uh, my situation. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this thing up and send people on their way. Let's do it. All right, guys. That is Chapter 2. Like I said, it's going to be a five-part series by the time Chase is all said and done. We get to hunt all the way into the month of February here, and yep. we're drawing some some awesome tags that are going to allow us to hunt almost into uh, – well, yeah, well into February, actually. So, guys, stay tuned. Tell your friends about the show. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to, or follow us on Instagram and check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. And until next time, y'all get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.